What a what a hassle having to fucking you know talk for an hour. Yeah, uh, God, imagine uh, I don't have words. Sometimes I have words. I think I think it's just starting things is tough for me. I don't like to start a project. It's the worst part of it. I mean, uh, I think you're okay then, because I don't know. Welcome. Yes, welcome. Seconds. Welcome to the show. Welcome to what is mostly. Mostly my project. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, going into anything, I feel just a lot of trepidation to start. Oh, which um, is probably, yeah? I don't know. One thing is that we could do a live fucking taste test of this shit. Oh, yeah. So, I guess we have a new hard seltzer called Truly. Truly. Uh, they, they have a lot of different flavors. Different than, different than White Claw, so I got it just for diversity's sake. This is the gentrification font. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, this is very gentrified. How much were these? Um, for a six pack, it's like ten bucks. <laughs> that's that's less than White Claw is. Oh, is White Claw more? White Claw is like twelve. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's the same ABV, and they have different fucking kinds of flavors. I have a feeling this is gonna be like the Lacroix. All right. Well, I'm saucers. gonna. All right. Let's give it a shot. Okay. I like it. I approve of it. It's pungent. Well, I sniff it. It's definitely very, very watermelony. Uh, I don't, I don't really like it. Okay, this is the Lacroix of these things. Well, I also bought the kiwi watermelon flavor. Yeah, so. I, I know. Like, it's just very, it's very metallic as an aftertaste. Definitely tastes alcoholic. Like, you get a bit of the Ugh! right up ah! there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. They're they're all the same. Every seltzer is the fucking same. I the seltzer no seltzers are different. Like Lacroix has no. I mean I mean I mean like booze seltzer. Yeah, they're they're, all they're the a same. little different too though. I think they are. Give okay. Give me your analysis then. Um, of like seltzer seltzers or the hard seltzers. Uh, like, both. Why not? We we have an hour to kill. Why not do both? Yeah, that's promising. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let uh well. For the LaCroix, like, LaCroix is just very acidic, and it's very, like, it's very bubbly, but it, it's not, like, sharp in the same way that Vintage is. Vintage is my preferred one. Vintage has a little bit of salt to it. Yeah. It tastes a little salty, and I think, like, having that salt really helps make it more refreshing than a traditional seltzer, and Vintage is my choice. Uh, between the Truly and the White Claw, I'll give it to White Claw because White Claw is sweeter. Even the flavors that you would expect to be more sour are still sweeter, and I, I kind of like the sweetness of the uh, of, of that. Like, it tastes... Like, beer has a little bit of a sugar to it. Like, I feel like this one doesn't really have sugar in the same way. Like it doesn't it doesn't have the same flavor. Hmm. That, that, that's okay. I'm still okay with this, and it's a nice, refreshing, hard seltzer after a, after a long week um, yeah. in my life. So, uh... Yeah, uh, I'll let you take the lead on whatever we're doing now, Mac. Well, um, today I went to uh, Devil's Pool, which is an area in uh, Wissahickon Park where the Wissahickon Creek kind of is wide enough and deep enough where, like, dipshit frat idiots 
can have a fucking good time going swimming. And honestly, I went there with the idea that I was going to go swimming, but it was so fucking crowded and it was so hot. I just realized as soon as I parked, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get a good spot. I don't want to go swimming. I'm not going to make any new friends. But I'm still going to go hang out. And it was fucking rad. So I went and I waited in the river and I had a good time. I let guys jumping off giant ass rocks like splash their disease water all over me. And you know what? I had a good time. Do you think that, um... What do you think is the psychology and the natural order of the frat boy? I think the... I, I, I think the frat boy wakes up and taps into something very primordial. Hype. No, not hype. Well, I mean, hype You're is... so hype. Hype is definitely a part of it, don't get me wrong. Hype, but hype is sort of an enhancer. What I think is the core of the frat boy is, uh, if anyone's ever seen the movie Spinal Tap, where they interview the keyboardist, the one, the one single line he gets in the movie... They're like, Viv, what is your philosophy? And he just looks at the camera. This guy who has no other lines in the film. And he says, have a good time all the time. Yeah. That is the frat boy mentality. And I respect the shit out of it. Yeah, they're just they're just perpetually positive. They're perpetually feeling good. Yeah. And I get it because, like, um, they're going to become... I think they're the, they're the pool... Okay, so if you're in a frat, at most colleges, you're probably gonna like get asked to join a consultancy firm or be like a military contractor at some point. In your hey, life. you're you are going to be successful. You're gonna be fine. Like most of like unless like you went to my school, I guess. But like the frat dudes who are like in the best frats, those kids are gonna like end up being like the lawyers uh, who yeah. are gonna. Like, look, I know it sounds weird, but I think, like, the prototypical frat guy is actually Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> okay, all right. I know this is a weird one, guys. No, let's... Chill, let's, chill let's, with me here. Let's get in on some Dershowitz content. Okay. Let's go. All right, so... Dersh probably killed his first wife, um, which is, like, you know, most frat guys have uh, a sex assault in their in their backgrounds, probably that's, in their crime. I mean, that's they not, don't recognize it as such. I don't think Dershowitz understood. That's not an assault. I mean, that's that's never never mind. I'm just saying. I don't think I, in the same way that Dershowitz probably doesn't like mentally understand what that he like, killed a woman. It potentially, yeah, uh, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, we're on iTunes now. We can't. We got to be a little careful about that. Um, I I th- <laughs> I think um. That the frat guys have the same sort of shit going on in their yeah, lives. Yeah, like they don't understand when they've done something wrong. Yeah, because like everything in their lives around them is said, everything you do is right. You're a special boy. You're wonderful. You're here to win. Uh, you're perfect. Your major is Business, completely correct. Accounting. Yeah. Uh, philosophy med. No, reason. come on. The philosophy guys are we're not allowed. Philosophy med. Different. What the hell is philosophy med? Oh, so... That was not a major in my college. Philosophy med is when you want to go to be a doctor, but instead of taking a science major, you take a philosophy major, Ugh. and then you become a doctor. Yeah. Like 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 an actual doctor? Yeah, no, you go to become a medical doctor, but... What? You take the courses that you need to go to medical school, 
but you also take philosophy courses. So you major in philosophy. Oh. But then you become a doctor. You don't get you like that. That should not be allowed. That's pretty common at a lot of colleges. That's a pretty common track for uh, for because if you want to go to a, to doctor school and you you can basically declare any liberal arts thing, uh, and then as long as you can take the prerequisite medical courses to get into med school, mm-hmm. you're fine. Like you're golden, baby. You got it. That's a, that just sounds wrong somehow. I, don't I know. mean, look, lawyer, like you could do like my friend was a communications major and he's a lawyer now because you take pre law. Uh, and then communications. You take a really easy major with something that's going to uh, have a hard, you know, postgraduate uh, study. You take the classes you need for that, and then you go to law school, you go to med school. It's very common. Damn. Yeah. No, that's normal. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, like, I had some friends who were in frats but didn't have, like, the frat guy mentality because they weren't in the Chad frats. They were in the virgin frats. Um, like if you're in, like if you're in Phoenix Club, you're probably gonna like. What is what is Phoenix Club? Oh, uh, Social Network. It's the uh, club that okay. Eduardo Saverin right. got into, and you know, uh, the for the whole thing that like Aaron Sorkin decided to write into this movie about the so about like fucking Mark Zuckerberg is like a prolonged sequence about a super secret like exclusive rich kid frat at uh, Harvard is really indicative of what kind of, uh, you know, lobotomization he's gone through in his life to be like, yeah, the reason Mark Zuckerberg was greedy is because he couldn't get into a frat. Yeah. Cool, dude. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool logic there, bro. I I was thinking on on, uh, what I was saying earlier. Yeah. Where, I I forget the exact context, but you brought up Aaron Sorkin, and I said, what if it was Aaron Otherkin? (laughs) And it's like, it's like West Wing, where Toby and fucking uh, Brad Whitford's character, Josh, I guess, was yeah, Josh. Josh. The two of them walking down the hall. And I don't know why I said it like that. The, pre- the president has a speech at 1600 o'clock in front of the fairy wing of the party. The fairy wing? Oh, you mean that they think they're fairies? No. We all know that we're actually just toadies. No. They think they're, uh, yeah, they think they're a fairy. Look, the American public is never going to believe that President Bartlett is a dragon. Josh... You don't know how convincing President Dragon Bartlett can be. Did you call him President Dragon Bartlett? Yes, I did, and I will continue to do so, Josh. And frankly, this speaks to a convincing lack of faith in you, in our president. Toby, just because because you couldn't serve in Vietnam because you didn't have a Dr. Manhattan otherkin in your body doesn't mean that you have to take this out on me. I was shot by a magic bullet, the same one that came out of JFK. Because Lee Harvey Oswald was a JFK other kid. Okay, look, when the when President Dragon Bartlett starts pissing his diaper on stage in front of the entire country, you can take the blame for it. And then I watch. This is not valid. <laughs> this is not bodies. This is not spaces. Do, 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 do. Oh, dude, I keep dreaming for MAGA West Wing. That would fucking rock. Oh my god, just imagine just imagine those conversations like yeah. Did you take your brain pills today, Toby? No, <laughs> I didn't take my fucking brain pills, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then they like do cocaine and then President Trump walks in and it's just like So I was reading Vogue magazine the other day, Anna Wintour is very nasty. Very nasty woman. And they're like and, and then Josh Lyman is like, Mr. President, with all due respect 
I came inside Anna Wintour. <laughs> oh my god. You, you know, you, hold on. Yeah. In okay, let's in in uh in in MAGA West Wing. Yeah. You know who the equivalent of Ainsley would be? Is Charlotte Clymer. <laughs> like <laughs> a billion percent. Oh fuck! That means that Charlotte Clymer would have to like own the Sam Cedar of the oh, like <laughs> fucking Jared Kushner would have to go on TV and Charlotte Clymer would have to like own her, would have to own him on fucking uh, <laughs> I guess on MSNBC and then it's like you owned me on MSNBC but then Donald Trump is like we gotta get that bitch to the office. She would be a good team of rivals. <laughs> and then Charlotte Clymer comes in and is like, Sir, I did four tours of duty in Iraq back before I got my... Oh, I should... Okay, I stopped myself. I Wait, stopped did, myself. I stopped myself. Did she actually do that? Oh, yeah. She was a fucking soldier, dude. Back when she was Charles Clymer. Yeah. Damn. She was a soldier. I was going to say something that I wanted to cut anyway, so you, you can tell me that later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, iTunes. iTunes. No, no, no. Just I don't want to say something I'm gonna regret being recorded. <laughs> just tell tell it to me later. Okay. Just I'm doing the visual. I'm doing the visual. I'm doing the visual. Uh, so, it's something. No, no, don't say the visual. It's something, involving, it. it's something involving soft shell crab. I'm not entirely sure what's going on. Okay. Thanks for the cover there, sweetie pie. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, simp. Uh, yeah. So. Don't uh, call me a simp. Yeah, don't catch you said that. Uh, yeah, I ah uh, fuck, I lost. I, I yeah, lost I don't, it. I don't know. Yeah, what's going we on. we're lost. We're, we're lost, lost souls. We are, we are Man. all lost souls. As a we're creature. in a fucking maze designed by David Bowie, just trying to find our way out into the world, bitch. Yeah. So, uh, quick little comment from me. Um, okay, all right. Let's go. If you're, like, screaming at people to wear masks when they're outside, like, chill. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. Okay, just some just some quick, like, we need to have, like, a social order during this pandemic thing. Like, there is some fine ground between you don't think the virus exists at all and, like, being a fucking Nazi about everyone wearing a mask when they're nowhere near another human being. And they're outside. Yeah. And it's 80 degrees. Like, I'm sorry. Chill out. Like, it's okay to leave your fucking house. It's okay to get exercise. You're more than likely not going to catch this virus being the fuck outside. So go outside. Go for walks. Maintain social distance from people. Be safe. Wash your fucking hands. Don't, like, yeah. touch your face while you're out or whatever. Uh, think about, like, that kind of stuff. But, like, holy shit. Chill. Like, you don't have to scold people. Do you, like, you know how, like, ambiently shitty you feel for the past two months and how bad and depressing everything's been, why would you want to, like, fucking make other people feel shitty and bad because they miss their friends and family, and maybe they break social distancing, or maybe they're going out and uh, seeing people, or they're, like, going shopping or getting fast food? You don't have to, like, scold people over that shit. Like, it's not fucking helpful, yeah. and it makes you look like you want this. It makes you seem like you want to be a recluse who's staying in your house or your apartment, and it's perverted. It's as fucking perverted as wanting to remain in the EU after the vote happened. It's really Damn. fucking perverted. Damn. I'm sorry, that's just perverted. Damn. People, the fucking Remainers did not 
they didn't keep on believing that for years because they thought like, oh, this is bad for the economy. They were pissed off that they lost their ability to go to fucking Europe whenever the hell they <laughs> wanted and feeling like I, they were European oh. citizens. That's just fucking perverted. Damn. Yeah, it was a bad economic idea. It wasn't like as deadly as everyone thought it was going to be. But like, also the EU sucks. You, you, wow. You tied those things together. No, being, like, being, being a stay the fuck at home person and like making up stories about your patients or whatever. No, it just isn't. Is no, terrible it isn't. No, as, like, it isn't. You know, demanding that it's we stay not, in the EU. It's not even remotely the same thing. How so? Why is it so, why is it different? I mean, it's because different. One, it's an analog. Yeah, it's an analog. I get that. But like, you get why it's different. I get that, yeah, we're in the midst of an unprecedented global pandemic that... Yeah, and one is a fucking, like, the entire country being part of, like, an international economic system that's different than people fucking staying in their yeah. house. Yeah, but also, like, staying, even if in, I your agree, house, staying even in your house all the time is not healthy either. No, I agree with you. It also has negative consequences to your health. It has negative consequences to your mental health, to your I physical agree. health. I agree. I 100%. Yeah. I 100%. I, just, I am just, like, upset that people are defending the social distancing as strongly as they are. Like, people can maintain that shit. I don't think you should go to a bar right now. You can. I think you literally I, can. Not here. In some places, they're reopening bars, and that's fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, buy your alcohol and drink with, like, your few friends. It's fine. Like, yeah. oh, my God. But at the same time, you shouldn't be mad that people are playing sports in a goddamn park. As long as they're maintaining distance from each other and, you know, you trust people that when they're outside, it's not as contagious which it seemingly is less contagious outside than inside. Like, yeah. we have to avoid the big people events. We have to avoid crowds. We have to avoid, you know, sporting events. I think, like, having, you know, crowds is a bad idea or concerts or, like, people in, uh, like, office buildings is a bad idea right now. But it's not a bad idea to go to get some fucking exercise. And people can, like, walk away from each other, and they do. Like, mm -hmm. more people than not maintain six feet when they're in public and they're outside. Most people wear masks. Most people are fucking complying with this. And it's good that they're making you wear a mask to go to a store because it's going to probably save people's lives. But, like, shit. I, why do people want to just have this for... It seems like people are like, let's wait forever until there's maybe a vaccine that might work. Like, that's not realistic. It's extremely unrealistic. Not just from, like the idea that there might not be a vaccine, which is very feasible. It is a virus. We don't always make vaccinated viruses. It took, like, five years for polio to get a vaccine. Um, Way more than that. Oh, yeah, I guess it did. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, I think, no, I think the polio vaccine was the fastest one developed. It took five years, and that was the fastest. Sure, but I'm saying yeah. polio, like, maybe the vaccine itself took five years to make, but polio had been around yeah. Oh, for yeah, yeah, a yeah. long-ass time. Yeah. No, it's just It's like, still around. Yeah. It, it's... So... Like... Like... It's a good... Like, chill. Like, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. But, like, don't be nasty to people because, in your opinion, they're not doing enough to, like, stop the spread. Yeah, because we're not the fucking arbiter of that. And yeah. you're just going to make people who are already feeling shitty feel even shittier during a shitty situation. Like... You're a piece of shit for wanting other people to wallow in your fucking misery. You are. It is vindictive. It's nasty. Like, just chill the fuck out. And that's a lot of people I'm seeing online posting shit like that. Like, chill. Stop being so fucking vindictive to people. 
Like, have some sympathy. A lot of people are out yeah. of work right now. I know, I know a bunch of dudes who are, like, EMTs, so this, this is not about you. You guys are tight. Yeah, EMTs are, like, you're doing, you're doing, like, good work right now. Obviously you are. Neil, it's totally fine that you killed that guy in your car because you're an EMT. I forgive you. That is uh, admission of murder on the air, folks. I didn't murder that guy. It was Neil. No one knows who Neil is. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my, that's, <laughs> that's just my little thing. Yeah. I've just, I've seen enough of that. Um, I mean, also the people who are going to bars right now are dumb as shit. Don't fucking do that. Like, you're an idiot, and uh, if you get sick, it is your fault. Like, if you're going to places and you're putting yourself at risk, like, if you're, go- if you're demanding you need to go to church or you're demanding you need a haircut... Well, church, church, I mean, church I get. I get church. You also could just pray at home. I understand that, like, part of, like, the religious Christian experience is communal bonding and prayer. But, like, it's not safe right now. God won't fucking protect you from a virus. God created... The- if there's God, God created the virus. Well, then God and can... Ha- and- God can negate the virus, too, then, by that logic. No, not by that, like, not by that logic. Yeah, yes. What do you mean? If God created it, can't God get rid of it? But if God created it, then it's supposed to kill you. Bada bing, bada boom. It's supposed to kill you, then. If you catch it in church, then that's God's intention for you to get sick and die. Well, then there's nothing we can do, so thanks, God. No, you can just not go to church. You fucking prick. (laughs) You can just not go to church. Damn it. Ah, so... So so so. So. Yeah. Are you done about done about? Are we done with the virus talk? Um, I mean, do you have anything that you want to say that you haven't said in a while uh, about uh, the virus? What about COVID? Um, no, not really. I kind of from the start, I kind of had. I I've really been kind of unwavering in my belief. I think I probably already had it. I don't care. It's not a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. It is a big deal, but you know what I mean. The people who actually get sick from this are, like, sick for a while, and it seems like they will be... I'm much much less concerned with the actual effects of the disease itself more so than I am with, you know, the kind of social implications and how it affects society. Yeah, I I mean... Like, the the health aspect is not nearly as important to me as, you know, the effects on economics and culture and blah 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 or whatever so that's that's what I'm interested in <laughs> so 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 without uh just trying not to have some dead air because I know you're setting up for something I am setting up for something yeah so we'll we'll, we'll tease that out a tiny tiny bit oh will we yeah do you I mean, you're setting up. um but what year did this all happen again the year was 2013. All right, 2013. So, I think we have our first, like, longer-term reading series on the show. Uh, like, our longer-term, because we wanted to, like... I wanted to do that. Uh, I don't know how much we're going to get out of this, but we're going to try and go with this and get a little bit deeper. Um, you know, we haven't had a podcast that long, so I feel like talking about, like, older news is still totally fine and mm-hmm. something that we can do. And we want to talk about um, a specific interest that two of us uh, have had for a while. Yeah. Um, so you know, so, some people they they get really into. I mean, you know, I'm guilty that I got really into Jeffrey Epstein when that whole saga was going down. Yeah. But before that, I think maybe the guy that got me really into these sort of 
excuse me, these sort of news stories that make life feel like they're they're a movie. The first guy that really did that was Christopher Dorner. Yes, Christopher Dorner, um, who is no longer with us, obviously. If you, the <laughs> Christopher Dorner, no as far as we know. Yeah, he could be in Israel right now, same as Jeffrey. I mean, we're look. I mean, <laughs> frankly, I'm looking forward to Dorner too, California Death Train. Yeah, but it's just uh, the 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 more I've, I don't know. No, we're gonna it, do, it, we're gonna do two, we're gonna do a two for here because I'm gonna follow up with something to your thing. Okay, yeah, go for yeah. it. Go no, for no, 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 no. You the, okay. the, You start your thing. Okay. But, you know, okay. I think you know what I'll go into after this, potentially. Okay, well, I'll... I just want to say that what, whatever you th whatever you think about Dorner, whether he was just, like, an, a mentally ill fucking idiot who just went on a killing spree, or if he was an American hero, whatever way you think, there's no way to look at this guy and think that he was not interesting. Because for like a week in America, in 2013, life felt like we were all living in Death Wish or something. It was awesome. And I, I recently read this LA Times article from pretty uh, recently after that whole incident occurred that outlines both his manifesto and how it relates to what he actually did. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to read various excerpts from this article from the LA Times. And I haven't read any of this article, so I'm going to be hearing this for the first time. Well, I'm skipping ahead. It, it sort of gives a, a you know a general overview of you know what was going on, what was with his life. He publishes this manifesto after allegedly experiencing racism in the LAPD or viewing it. Wait, do we do we describe what he actually did? What the what the rampage was? I'm go I'm going to get to it. I think we should describe the beginning okay, of what all right, he did. All right, all right. So in case you don't know about what Christopher Dorner did and why he's famous, um, he did go on a violent shooting spree uh, rampage throughout Los Angeles County. Killed about 13 people, most of whom were police officers, some of whom were the family of police officers. Whew. Okay. Yeah. Oh! God. Yeah. All right, let's go. Yeah, no, okay. Oh, my... I didn't realize it was that fucking high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Holy shit! Yeah. Yo, record. <laughs> yeah, no, he um, allegedly witnessed a bunch of racist acts at the hands of, like, LAPD officers, and when he would bring this up, was consistently dismissed and eventually got fired in sort of a, a court case against him for doing these. And this article makes it sound like these were all bullshit and he just kind of made these up, but that, like, who's to say if that's true or not? I can't really say, but there's good case and bad case against these being true. So no one's really exactly sure whether or not these racist acts happened, but that's not the point. The point is what Dorner actually did. After his dismissal from the LAPD... He wrote a manifesto, and he put it on the internet, which, A, is never a good sign. If you have to write a manifesto about what's happening to you, it may be... Well, we'll get into like some of the psychology of this, potentially. Yeah. So, uh, the way the LA Times puts it is, is uh, how accurately this document reflected his the facts of his life is unclear, but it vividly illustrated how he perceived his life. He was a prideful man who believed the world had failed to recognize his great gifts, Vict victimhood was a singular theme. And then, there's a quote from Dorner from the manifesto. No one grows up and wants to be a cop killer, he wrote. It was against everything I've ever been. I mean, 
Isn't that just the American way, though? Isn't that what being a man in the United States is? Is having this sense of self, having this sense of self that we believe ourselves to be, but having it wildly be inflated uh, against what we actually are. Mm -hmm. So I think this is very much a man problem. I think women get this too. Um, but a lot of us just have this inflated sense of ourselves. We think that we're better looking than we are. We think that we're more attractive or more handsome than we are. We think that we're more competent and talented than any of us actually are. Most people are quite incompetent and don't know that much. Or what we do know is a very small amount of things. Um, there was uh, something that Roger Ebert said once about talking to Star Wars nerds. Um, I'm going to just paraphrase it because I don't feel like looking it up. That basically, like, the worst person to talk to is, like, a nerd because they just know a lot about their own thing and they just want to impress you with their knowledge and that basically a conversation with a nerd is being asked questions they already know the answer to and that it's boring. And yeah. that's just what a lot of people are like. I mean, that's that's... That's the American way is to is to get into your little into your little hobby hole and talk at someone and impress them with what you know and impress them with your skills. But it's not really that impressive and nobody gives a shit. I mean, God, I mean, this guy probably felt like he could have been an operator, probably felt like he could have been uh, a much greater guy probably thought of himself as like a competent and uh you know kind of like uh colombo style police officer potentially but no most of us don't get to that level most of it isn't really getting uh you don't get up to detective you just stay an officer you stay on the beat for 25 years get that pension you know what they say it's mostly paperwork yeah it really is anyway Being a cop being a cop is actually so much more boring a job than people think it is. I know this, being a cop myself. <laughs> anyway, so in his manifesto, he particularly singled out the guy who had uh, defended him in court, a guy named Randall Kwan, under the assertion that this guy had been loyal to the LAPD rather than to Chris. And, okay, this I'm going to read verbatim because it's insane. It's completely insane. In the manifesto, he bragged of his marksmanship and tactical prowess. He would kill Caucasian officers who victimized minorities. He would kill black officers who belittled their Caucasian subordinates and fueled anti-black bigotry. Wait, 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 wait. No, can we go back on that one again? So he targeted not only white cops he believed to be racist, but black cops who he believed to be racist against whites? The, the point is he would kill every cop let me keep going so he was not ideologically consistent at all he just no his ideology was he would kill every single cop that's extremely consistent all right let me yeah. keep let me keep going okay he would kill latino officers who victimized other latinos he would kill lesbian officers who degraded men this is just, okay, this is just the shag song philosophy of the world, but as, like, uh, yeah. as like a shooting spree. And the rich people want what the poor people's and got. And the black and police officers, officers want to kill the white officers. And, and the, the lesbians officers want, yeah. just want to be bad to the Latinos. 
Bills. In LA. Yeah. He praised his knee surgeon, President Obama, the first lady's hairstyle. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. This was 2013, after all. George W. Bush, Charlie Sheen, interesting. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, can we take the. We gotta take this slower. We gotta do the reading series. Okay, all right, sorry, okay. sorry. The whole point is we riff on these. Honestly. All right, all right, riff okay. it up, riff it up. So, he. Loved both Obama and Bush. And, well, I, that wasn't like a hot take in 2013. Either. No! That was a hot take in 2013. You hated Bush if you loved Obama. Bush is what. Bush was like the worst president ever at the time. He still is, but like. He especially was like a bad Well, guy then this. Well, the, okay, then Dorner was ahead of the time, then. He was a trendsetter. Yeah, he's like a lib now. Yeah, he's a, he loved. Loved, loved Michelle Obama. Michelle, Michelle and Barack. He loved George. Mm-hmm. And he loved Charlie Sheen immediately after his whole his whole meltdown about Tiger Blood or whatever that was. Yeah, because it was alpha as fuck. That was alpha. It was as very fuck. alpha. That was a fun fucking time. Yo, when Charlie Sheen went crazy before he announced he had AIDS or whatever, that shit was dope. When everyone was like winning Tiger Blood. Twenty thirteen. Okay, twenty thirteen. I think was the year when people were just losing their fucking minds publicly. That was the best year. I don't remember if maybe this was twenty fifteen, but it was like. This also the same time when Amanda Bynes like went crazy. Um, was that twenty thirteen or was that twenty fifteen? I honestly don't remember. It blends together for me, but yeah. I remember specifically that there were just large public oh, man. Of celebrities. Oh, it it the list of things that he praises gets significantly worse. All right, but before we before we go there on that list, uh, can we just talk a little bit about like Amanda Bynes losing her shit and how everyone other than me at the time was like. This is so funny. I'm like, she's clearly mentally ill. I legit... Clearly mentally What exactly happened with Amanda Bynes? She just, like, posted a lot of insane selfies. She was clearly doing drugs. Like, her these pictures were, like, just... She took the worst selfies I've ever seen. Well, I mean, wasn't she, like, the... the, Probably, like, the first Dan Schneider victim? That... Well, probably. Yeah. But also, like, uh, she said that Drake could pop her... Could... No... She said the best tweet ever, which is probably no longer there, which is that Drake could murder my vagina. <laughs> That's pretty good. And she later explained it after her sobriety and said she was just really horny and posted about Drake. There's, I see no problem with that. Yeah, like everyone, everyone was like, was like, dude, are you sure that's the drugs? And she's like, no, I was just very horny. Drake is a handsome man. Yeah, I was very horny. I wanted to get fucking deep get fucked by, by Drake. Drake. I once. You know, one time I went to go see Kill Switch Engage, and the guitarist said, "Hey, who here in the audience wants to date date me?" And everyone went crazy. And they're like, "Blah blah blah." And then he said, "And by date, I mean I'm gonna binge drink and headbutt your vagina." <laughs> and it was awesome. That was the best moment of that concert. And I don't see how that's any worse than anything Amanda Bynes has ever said. Well, because Amanda Bynes is a woman, and the idea that uh, yeah, she can't handsome, play guitar. A handsome black Jewish man could just go to Powtown on her pussy it was very offensive in 2013 and 15. All right, what else is on okay. this list? Let's go. Okay, so after Charlie Sheen, mm-hmm. we get two, we get a couple more items that right. he praises. Chick-fil-A chicken. Okay, that's valid, though. Chick-fil-A it is valid. valid. It is valid. We all know how problematic it is. We're not going to get into that. And then the very last thing on the list of things he praises in the manifesto is Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know. The, 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 he didn't know any better. I know, but let, yeah. let me. All right, I'm gonna. He didn't know. Let me finish the paragraph. Okay. He told Governor Chris Christie to go on a diet. 
and told David Petraeus that his marital failings were human. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Ima okay. Yeah. I just want you to imagine right now Christopher Dorner, the handsome Christopher Dorner, in a blank room, and sitting in front of him are both General Petraeus <laughs> and Chris Christie. Yeah. And he looks at Chris Christie and says, Chris Christie, you go on a diet. Yeah. General Petraeus, you had human failings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> just yeah. like imagine being Chris Christie in that situation and just be like, okay. wait, so my so my weight problems are not a human failing? I'm valid. <laughs> He's like, no, you eat too much food, he ate too much pussy, it's fine. Yeah, hell yeah. He had a normal feeling. You're a fucking freak. Yeah. You're a piece of shit. You saved New Jersey. All right. I don't actually. Maybe he had more of a SoCal accent. All right. Well, I, I got a, I got a few more. He's a Los Angeles cop. Let's let's keep going. Okay. These I I, I don't want to spend too much time on the last sentences of this paragraph in in the uh, manifesto. Mm -hmm. He told Natalie Portman she was beautiful. I think we can all agree on that. But is she Kira Knightley? No, she's a different person. Kira Knightley's hotter, for the record. Yeah, we did a we did a test because like for a while I thought like Kira Knightley and Natalie Portman looked the same, but they look similar. They look similar, but Kira Knightley every single time does it for me. He quoted Mia Farrow on the moral urgency of gun control. That's the mm -hmm. end of that paragraph. The next paragraph is just as crazy. He knew he would die and lamented what he would not get to see. He would Ooh. he would miss the Hangover Part Three. And told the director not to diminish the franchise with another sequel. Wait, what? Yeah. So, wait. He was looking forward to The Hangover 3 coming up and said, don't make it? No, he or was did he not want to Hangover 4? He didn't want to Hangover 4, which didn't happen. So, hey, in a way, Dorner's a hero. He would miss season 3 of The Walking Dead. He would miss Shark Week. He missed nothing. No, season three... He missed fucking nothing. Season three of The Walking Dead was arguably the best season of the show. Of a terrible... No, that show... Terrible show. That show is gay as shit, but se terrible season show. three was pretty good. Awful television. All right, let me, let me try to find... Let me skip ahead to the next even remotely interesting part of this article. Because mm -hmm. a lot of this is just about, like, how the police kind of interact with it. Uh, let's see... You talk while I'm looking. You know, um, so this is gonna be an embarrassing thing to talk about. But did you ever go to, like a circle jerk when you were when you were like a teen? Me? Yeah. Did you ever have like a weird sleepover where all your friends decided to jack off? I had like weird. Like you had like a weird homoerotic fifteen-year-old jack off circle. I mean, I, yes, but not like a circle jerk specifically. Okay, so I had I, like weird sex. Sure. Well. Mine was like a weird circle jerk, no names named, obviously, and I yeah. I did not do that because I, uh, as a latent homosexual, was not fucking ready for that shit. Yeah. But my one friend uh, during the sleepover, we were all fifteen or fourteen. We all slept over at one friend's house and had a bunch of soda, and uh, we were peeing in uh, Poland Spring bottles, and my friends were jacking off. And uh, I think I think that's pretty common or like normal for like fifteen year old straight kids to do is to jack off in front of each other. Um, I'm gay, so I didn't do it. Uh, anyway, my one friend uh, busted to completion, uh, saying Natalie Portman's name, <laughs> but like Natalie Portman as Padme of Italia. <laughs> and I will never forget that shit. Like us, uh, like. 
Dude, being like being a teenager is the worst. Like you shouldn't have sex, but like you should jack off in front of your friends. You absolutely should jack off in front of your oh friends. Oh my god. Like what was did... what was cool was like all my friends were like, Oh hey, Dylan's gay. So like all my female friends were just I don't I don't know why women do this, like cis women do this, but just like they insist on just going to the bathroom in groups. I think because there is uh, like video games in the bathroom. There were. So there weren't. No, th- your theory is wrong. No, here's my theory. Like all the girls, like women in general, just think like going to the like they think that like when men play video games, it's disgusting and childish. But they all go to the bathroom together so that they can squat up in Fortnite, and they just get their gaming in, and they're like fucking murking all those children. They're just like killing it in the bathroom, doing like a quick squad game in Fortnite, and then they leave the bathroom, and then they're like. Uh, I don't care about, like, sports. Well, I mean, what I was saying was, this was before Fortnite, so you might be correct. Mm-hmm. But, like, all my, like, friends that were girls would always just, like, drag me into the bathrooms with them. And I'd just be, like, just chilling there while just, like, three or four women just, like, pee. And I'm yeah, like... Safety in numbers. And I'm like, cool. This is fun. Safety in numbers. Safety in numbers. Alright, is there anything else on the Dorner article? Uh, I mean, I think most everything... I mean, it kind of dramatizes everything that everyone knows. Like, he went to a couple different cabins. What One thing that I didn't know is that the first cabin he went to out in, like, the mountains of L.A. County was that there was, like, a couple staying there, and he actually fucking tied them up Ooh. and just, like, put them in a room. That's dramatic. Yeah, no, he did, like, I, I came into these articles and all this Dorner shit being like, dude, Dorner's the fucking shit. And the more I read about him, it's like... Yeah, piece eh, of shit, actually. Eh, I mean, I like what he represents, but also, you know, a lot of this shit is not chill. Yeah, it's bad. It's pretty bad. It's bad, folks. And also, the, the fucked up thing is that there's literally no way to confirm, like, his initial claims of the LAPD. I mean, obviously, the LAPD is racist as shit. That's well documented. But the specific incidents in question have kind of, like, nobody ever really confirmed them. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to kind of be on his side about any of this. Yeah, I think I think ultimately, even though we didn't really say exactly what he did and that he did eventually get killed by police, I think, like, when we're doing a podcast, we should give the context instead of assuming people know what we're talking about. It's on... What? Why are you looking at me like that? What do you mean? Do you like what? Do you, like I think we should have given a little bit more context. Like he was shot by the police eventually. No, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, we should like we should be more narrative in that sense and give give more of that context just in case. Just in case. I thought I gave plenty of context. The guy like left. It was fired from the LAPD because he allegedly was trying to expose the racism. Then he started killing a bunch of motherfuckers. He went out in the mm-hmm. fucking you know mountains of LA, stand off with the police, and they got him. Eventually they got him. That's that's yeah. like basically all you need to know. That's not okay. Yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to say on that? Uh, I guess all I'll say is that regardless of whether or not what he did was good or bad, moral or immoral, what have you, the fact of the matter is that for one week we as Americans could live in a Lethal Weapon movie. And I think that is objectively good. I mean, I, I think, like, 
I think it's weird when, we, like, for me, that moment was definitely, like, the Boston bombing week after that happened. Like, no, the, the, yeah, yeah, those, those happened, those happened, like, almost the same time. Yeah, it was crazy because the Dorner shit happened and the Boston bombing, the Boston bombing thing happened, and that's a whole other thing we can get into, but I, I think, like, there's, uh, you know, it, it just was a crazy time in America. One guy was considered a hero, the other guys were not, because, like, obviously bombing is worse. But, uh... I mean, Dorner killed more people than the fucking Sarnayevs ever did. Yeah, Sarnayevs killed, like, what, five people? Uh, maybe well, ten if you include that, like, unsolved quadruple murder that happened a year beforehand that they eventually did tie well, to Tom Well, that's unsolved, ain't it? Yeah, uh, no, they tied to Tom They pretty much proved it, but it's not on the record. Damn it. Uh, also, he's dead, so they can't really, like, convict that's true. him of murder. Well, the other one's still alive, ain't he? He's on death row and is likely to be executed in the next few years. Like, he's been on death row for a while. He's going to get executed. Damn. He's like a... Uh, that sucks. He, he did partake in terrorism. Yeah, so but like I that. mean, no... You know, death row is shitty. It is. We can get into that. But what I wanted to get into... So okay. this is yeah, a yeah. second reading series. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, second one. Uh, plot twist. I think this is appropriate for the time of year that it is. Okay. So... Uh, we're about two days late, uh, or, well, we're getting into Saturday now, so we're about two or three days late on this, but I'm going to read an article from Action News, the only news for the Philadelphia area. Um, this is going to be a thing that probably a lot of our listeners may not know about, but I think it's one of the most pivotal things, uh, you know, I didn't know about Oh, God, is this, I know what this is, yeah. So I'm just going to read this article by Gray Hall at, uh, 6ABC. Mm-hmm. 11 Philadelphia City Council members issue apology on 35th anniversary of MOVE bombing. Alright, so you may be wondering to yourself, what was MOVE? What happened? What do you mean a bombing? I'm going to just give this in the most basic context possible. There was a group of uh, radical black liberationists who lived in West Philadelphia that had conflicts with the police and had conflicts with the property owners that they lived in. And instead of um, negotiating when it came to a bad standoff, uh, the city of Philadelphia ordered a literal bomb be dropped on the row homes in West Philadelphia, killing a bunch of people and setting a bunch of other houses on fire. So let's go into this article. If my day keeps going this way, it just might break something tonight. It's been 35 years since one of the darkest days in Philadelphia history. The move bombing carried out by police claimed 11 lives and continues to be a source of controversy for the city. May 13, 1985 continues to haunt the city of Philadelphia. It's the day police dropped a bomb on a house along Osage Avenue occupied by members of a radical group called Move. 11 people were killed, including five children. Two city blocks were burned, and 61 homes were destroyed. The largely African-American community did not want move in their neighborhood. Many complained about trash around the group's home, confrontations, and obscene political messages from a bullhorn. In order to evict them turned into a violent episode that is a dark day in the city's history. Tensions erupted. There was a standoff with with police and officers, eventually dropped a bomb on the compound. Move member Janine Africa says her son died in the fire. My son, little Phil, was in the house. Ha- in was in the house. He was only 12 years old. Said Africa. 
During the bombing, Africa was serving prison time for a 1978 confrontation that her group had with police, which resulted in the death of an officer. She was released from prison in 2019. 35 years ago, Wilson Good was mayor of Philadelphia. He has since apologized several times for the bombing. On the 35th anniversary, he called on current city leaders to apologize again. Good declined an interview and referred Action News to his article in the Guardian newspaper. And uh, to his credit, he did write an article uh, apologizing. Show us. What good is an apology without action behind it? Show us that you are sorry and that you never want something like this to happen again, said Africa. <sighs> Mayor, uh, do you anything to say? Or... Me? Yeah, you can you can cut in with shit, you know, like I was doing with your article. I mean... I mean, uh, I, yeah. no, not really. Really? Not on this one? I mean, at the moment, everything is just kind of factual. I can't really cut in with much. Although I've heard reports that this this one said 11 people died. I've heard nine people. There's, like, no one's really sure. One of the details from uh, the bombing is that after the bombing, there were allegations by the surviving members of MOVE that police officers were shooting at people who were trying to flee the burning building. Well, they started out shooting before the bomb. Yeah, but then they were, like, people were trying to get out of the building, and they were shooting them. Yeah. So this is a literal historical piece of uh, state terrorism against a radical group. Yeah. Now, granted, we don't uh, agree fully or necessarily partially with anything that MOVE stands for. Uh, I haven't done my research to know exactly what I know. I, I mean, I think I probably am more familiar with what they stand for. And, like, for the most part, I kind of dig it. Well, what's what are they about? They were sort of very sort of... Like, every, everyone in the group obviously had, like, would change their last name to Africa. It's very mm-hmm. kind of back-to-Africa-centric, you know. Yeah. Sort of that. They were all very vegan, very ecocentric, blah, blah, blah. But in in sort of a way that was also very, um, not really militant, but more, like, cult-like. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, but in just a way where, like, they would have to grow their own shit. They would have to live entirely in their own little self-contained worlds. Which seems insane to do in a city. It does seem insane to do in literally just like a city block. In without, a city block. Without owning land or anything. In West Philadelphia, without owning the land. And in and, a dense grow yeah. home environment where you don't have a lot of space to grow and your the, own the, stuff. The, the only reason the police would get involved in the first place is because they annoyed the... F- fuck out of everyone to live by them and yep. it's it's like um, it, it's always been a mostly black neighborhood it's not a racial thing yeah this it's, isn't so we should clarify here that one of the parallels um i think this is like a good parallel between the two things and this is a very controversial thing to talk about as white people mm-hmm. but there does exist a type of uh there uh, sort of like an internalized racism of deflection um, where certain behaviors, uh, and I'm not talking about stereotypical behaviors of minority groups. I am talking about, uh, you know, deviant human behaviors, such as littering, such as, uh, you know, not having consciousness for the people around you, and, you know, rudeness, um, that can be externalized into, oh, so, blah, 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 because I'm blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah. And I think that is a common coping mechanism for, you know, not taking responsibility for the uh, objectively negative behavior that could cause harm to others. So, you know, for example, uh, Chris Dorner, he, um, he had, you know, a lot of inadequacies as a human being. And he protected by, that. By all accounts, was a a pretty a pretty bad police officer. Yeah. But I mean, the guy fucking committed to his principles, so it's hard to it's hard to dislike him. Yeah, he was a guy. Well, but he was also a man who was mediocre and thought he was better than that, and he thought that his race is what was holding him back from, you know, being uh, being seen the way that he thought himself to be seen. And the thing is, is like that's all anecdotal. We can't know if he was a better police officer. Yeah, there's no way of knowing. Yeah, there's no way of knowing. I mean, if we were to see like reviews that were done, there's no way to say that that wasn't just like, you know, racism. But who knows the race of the people who did the reviews? How many other uh, black police officers in the LAPD get promotions or got better uh, remarks? We we can't know. We can't know that, and it gives the the plausible deniability that, yeah, structural racism could have been responsible for him not advancing in his career. Uh, in the case of MOVE, it's uh, a very sort of, like, racialized, uh, you know, it, it is like it's a, a racial... That, yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a cult of racism uh, for a group of people who don't have ties back... I mean, they don't have, like, direct ties back to... The, a lot of pan-Africanism... Is very similar to like being like a, a fourth generation well, European. No, 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 no. It's a little bit different. This it's a little is, bit different. No. Like it's a little bit different for being like Italian American, but it's still like you've lived in America. There's, there's families from America. Okay, but you get why Pan Africanism exists. Yeah, because obviously, because they obviously, one group of people were slaves. One group of people were in. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying because literally. Like, 90% of African people in America, unless you are, like, a direct fucking immigrant from Africa, you have no ancestral ties. You don't, no. know, you don't know where the fuck in Africa you're from. Exactly. That's why it became a thing. Yes. Yeah, and it's I, I get that. It's very likely West Africa almost all the time. I agree. Yeah, it, you probably are from West Africa. Yeah, but it's, it's like... But you're, you can't know, and because you don't have that knowledge of, like, what your ethnicity is... I think that can be very mentally harming, especially in comparison to, like, a person like me who knows exactly all of their ethnic backgrounds. And, like, my grandpa is still living in Turkey, for example. So, yeah, I can understand that. It's very different, you know, like, you're not at all, I am not at all saying that, like, structural racism isn't real. I 100% uh, think that it is, and I think that... uh, structural racism is responsible for there being such a large wealth gap between black and white people mm-hmm. and that in the United States and that generally speaking uh, white people are wholly responsible for that wealth gap and for creating that wealth gap a minority of white people did it but they fucking did because they couldn't stand the idea of black ownership of the means of production they can't even really stand anyone other than their richest fucking assholes doing it either but that's beside the point what I'm saying is that I find a lot of parallels between the two stories, and that there's um, like that there that there is a possibility that there's something called human agency, right? And that you have the agency uh, within your life 
within the circumstances that you have to make decisions, and that sometimes making those decisions is really goddamn hard. And that to try and live in this world, and to live in America specifically, uh, successfully is much, much, much harder for some people than others. And But you still have that idea and that knowledge that some people do it. Like... I think one of the, I think one of the, like, this is going off, like, necessarily, like, the racial aspect of move or, like, any, or that part of it, but, like, I think that there's nothing actually more harmful to the American psyche than success stories. Like, I think, like, being, like, watching someone be successful, be the one in 100 who makes it out of, like, a bad economic situation, uh, the person who actually pulls themselves up by their bootstrap... Nothing is more fucking harmful than that story. Because it's so goddamn unlikely that it happens in the first place. But the fact that it happened meant that that person utilized their agency in some way to get to that point. To get out of their situation, to be in a successful situation. And that makes everyone else, the 99 out of 100, feel that much more fucking inadequate. And that much more shitty. Because that one 100 person shouldn't have had to grind that fucking hard to just have a chance at a normal fucking life. And it's gross. And if there's one thing that maybe can improve after this pandemic, even though I kind of doubt that it'll get better, um, you know, that, like, life will get better, is that maybe enough people will feel uncomfortable where we realize, like, actually, we do live in a society. Actually, we are responsible to each other and that we can build a structure and a society and systems of power and of, um, you know, production that are more just and more fair to each other. It doesn't have to look like anything Karl Marx said. It doesn't have to look like anything some stuffy academic says. We have to deal with what's what we have, the supplies we have, the people we have, and we have to, like, live in that world, and we have to make a more just and better world for everyone so that we're not all fucking suffering. All right. There we go. You heard it here, folks. You don't have anything to say to that? No, not really. Okay. I kind of tuned out like a minute ago. Damn. Damn. Well, you're the, you're the producer. I can't, like, talk shit on you. I mean, most of what I wanted to say was, like... Shit, where were we... Where, what, what even brought that up? What were we talking about? The, we're talking about move. We're, we're talking about move. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I, th- I think the whole time you were saying that, I was thinking about... I was I was just picturing myself in move. Mm-hmm. I'm like that'd be that'd be great. They'd love me. They'd welcome me with open arms. I'd be the best member of move. You're trans women. They like fucking hate you. I'm sorry. No, it's just like you know how you know all the, all those like '70s funk bands like War and everything. Mm-hmm. They'd always have like one white guy in the back playing keyboard or something. That's yeah. what I want to be. Eh. You know. I suppose. I just, I just want to chill. Because I ain't down with killing. I'm down with chilling. I mean, same here, man. Same here, woman. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I support their message of environmentalism. Yeah, I, th- that's the baffling thing to me. Is like, why do they have so much fucking garbage around their compound when, like, they were environmentalists? Because they just believe that, like, you weren't supposed to have garbage collection? Because, I don't know, maybe they would fucking compost it or something. Maybe they had a maybe they had a solution. Possibly. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's like everyone inevitably is going to have garbage. It just happens. 
Yeah, I think like the best thing. So I, I guess my my take on move is that if you guys reform, I would love to be a part of it. Please send me a notice. I I I love you guys. You guys are great. Uh, I just think it was awful that it happened. Like you don't have to agree with the politics, but like literally, a city shouldn't be dropped. Yeah, no, nobody bomb. Nobody should uh, people. Nobody should get bombed. No one should get fucking bombed, and the police should be bombing American citizens. No. Yeah, no. that was in, that's in, that's an insane thing that happened. Yeah, that's fucking insane. It's absolutely crazy that it happened. I didn't know about it until I was like, I was like this many years old, like around like last years when I found out this even happened. Yeah, that's not a thing that gets talked about where I'm from. We don't talk about like the history of America that is just like yeah. pure fucking evil. Pure fucking evil, like that. Um, so let's uh, let's uh, think what, about yeah, what what should what should we close on. Um. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say, definitively, if I had a gavel, I would be pounding it in the table. Dorner, good. Move, good. Um. Oh, I thought we were thinking of like a last topic. Oh well, I was yeah. just doing kind of closing remarks, but we can yeah. do a last topic. Yeah. We got all the time in the world. Thank me. I think. Okay. Um. Do you, do you have anything else in mind? I just brought the move thing, so I feel like we should um, have the, the last topic. Uh, they, if they reform, it should be in a place less shitty than West Philly. Uh, West Philly's fine. It's really not. It's kind of annoying. I like it there. Yeah. Uh, I, okay, so, <laughs> damn. Um, let's some, let's some light stuff. Devil's Pool. Let's, oh. I talked about that earlier. Yeah. It's fucking rad. Uh. Let's go there. Um. Okay. Um, dude, doing a show is hard. It's really not. It really is. I think we should have a. I think we should like write notes about what we're gonna actually talk about. For I tried that one. T- I tried that. Yeah. And then it didn't work. Yeah. Let's just let's just do better. What are you talking about? We're doing fine. Yeah. Um. Animal Crossing. Yeah, you've so, been, you've become a pretty good stockbroker. Oh, yeah, I'm very you good You become the fucking right. Wolf of Wall Street over here. Well, I literally am just doing insider training. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that there's a video game that, like, makes everyone still feel connected and, like, you know, part of some kind of normalcy, and it's very zen. Like, it, it was, like, literally the perfect time for that game to come out. Oh, yeah, it's the reason it sold 13 million copies. Yeah, like, it's, the, it's like, one of the highest-selling games Nintendo ever made, and it's literally because everyone was like, the world is going to shit. I need to have animal friends on an island, and I need to make my house nice. Yeah. Uh, my only problem with the game is that uh, it's like you can't really use a lot of the shit that you make for your house and just like have this house. Uh, I like the customization. I like that. I think I think it's like the same thing as The Sims, where like you just have like a sense of control over something, and we all feel like we don't have any control of our lives anymore. And we kind of don't. Um, so here we are, just like doing this shit and having some form of control in our lives, and that's fine. That's right. It's good. Yeah, you can choose who your friends are, kind of. If, if, if anyone, uh, if anyone wants Marshall, yeah, let, let me know. Yeah, we have Marshall and Anka, and uh, we don't care for either of them. Well, um, I mean, Marshall's cool, but he's yeah. kind of he's kind of run its course. He's been here for a while. Yeah. Hornsby can go. Hornsby can go. Uh. The only two, like, we only have, like, 
three that I think are solidly like we need them to stay. Cat, Mary, and Shever. Yeah, actually, I'm getting a little bit closer to like Mary being. It's okay if she leaves because we could get another prep. Yeah. But, um, like if all like the thing though is like even if we get like Audie on the island, it's like she's just gonna do the same shit that like Mary. Does. Exactly. Like there's not that many different types of characters. Yeah. So. There's like yeah. So like it's just a reskin of the same. Like we're gonna have like. The fact that, like, people are, like, selling Raymond for real money... Is awesome. ...is hilarious, so that he can say the same things that Marshall or Quilson says. Yeah. Beautiful. It's fucking Brad. Yeah, I... Capitalism is insane. Also, like, The way that value is determined is absolutely fucking bizarre. Also, I uh, I recently found the OG Animal Crossing for GameCube in, in, in my basement. Yeah. If, any, if anybody's got, like, a fucking uh, GameCube memory card... Play it on me. We need a GameCube memory card. So I can uh, play The Simpsons Hit and Run. And also the Wind Waker. Yeah, too. Wind Waker also. For the GameCube. Yeah, we're very, we're GameCube folks now. Well, we have a Wii, but it plays GameCube games. No, we don't. We have a GameCube. Okay. Yeah. Lies. All right. I think that's the end of the episode. I think that's good. Um, you know, Closing. treat each other well. Yeah. Uh, have a good time. Uh, stick with White Claw. Stick with White Claw. Don't get this trusty shit. Truly True. shit. Oh. Truly shit. Yeah, stick with White Claw. Kyle's Here. disapproving of the, the, the booze that I bought. Yeah, that's And fine. this is this is not the way I want to end it. You don't want to end it on, like... I don't want to end it on you telling me that I made a bad decision. I'm not saying it's a bad decision. There's no way you could have known it was a good one. Or a bad one. That's what happens when you make a purchase. You don't know if it's going to work out. I bought a baseball mitt for you earlier. I didn't know it was going to fit. That was a huge gamble. Like, that's just that's just purchasing, baby. All right, congratulations, folks. This is our last episode before a murder-suicide. Goodbye. <laughs> no! <laughs>